Hello, this is Bill Enyard with Reflections from the River. You can email me at bill at billenyard.com. That's B-I-L-L at B-I-L-L-E-N-Y-A-R-T dot com. This is called From Telegram to Facebook. The pain of losing a loved one in wartime has not changed. But the method of finding out of the loss has dramatically changed. During the Civil War, it would typically be by letter, delivered days or even weeks after the death. At times, the official notification would come after casualty lists were published in the newspapers. By World War I, the official notification had speeded up to the telegram. Telegrams were the method of official notification whether of death or injury. Use of telegrams continued through Vietnam. My father, at the time of his death, nearly 50 years after the fact, still had the long yellow telegram advising our parents that my brother had been medically evacuated from Vietnam. He fortunately survived, but received a veteran's combat disability pension for the rest of his life. Although the Army and other services had officers appointed as casualty assistant officers or survivor assistance officers, a duty dreaded by all, they frequently lose the race to notify the families. Unfortunately, with the arrival of the Internet age, Facebook, and smartphones, notification all too frequently now comes via social media. The military struggles to ensure that Families don't receive notifications in this way, but it's virtually impossible to control. Because of the stability of National Guard units and their close community ties, casualty assistance NCOs frequently develop close and long-standing relationships with families. These senior NCOs help the family negotiate the bureaucracy of the federal and state governments to ensure that families receive the full extent of benefits to which they're entitled. During the first Gulf War, as a JAG Corps officer, that's an Army lawyer, I was appointed as a casualty notification officer for the National Guard and Reserve units in Southern Illinois. Thankfully, due to the very short war and limited casualties, I never had to perform that duty. Training for the job consisted of being handed a brief Army manual detailing how it was to be done. That was it. No in-person training, no practice sessions, just a manual, and here's an extra duty for you. As a JAG officer, I'd written literally hundreds of wills and powers of attorneys for mobilizing soldiers. I had the lectures on the Soldiers and Sailors Civil Relief Act and other required legal briefings memorized from giving them to units across the state. As a private attorney, I felt reasonably competent to handle a probate matter. But the prospect of notifying families of the loss of their soldier was beyond my kin and was certainly nothing ever handled in a continuing legal education seminar. Sixteen years and several promotions later, I took command of the Illinois Army and Air National Guard as the adjutant general. 
Iraq and Afghanistan were in their sixth year. The Illinois Guard had taken 15 casualties by then. I remember one of those names in particular. Sergeant Ivory Phipps. Sergeant Phipps had been one of the soldiers whose will I had written in the early days of our latest war. I remembered Sergeant Phipps well, because his will and serviceman's group life insurance plan was more complex than usual due to the number of children he had. Phipps had re-enlisted just before going to Iraq. He was killed in a mortar attack at age 44. I remember well the dispute I had at the mobilization site while preparing Sergeant Phipps' documents, with the clerk preparing his life insurance forms. The clerk said, we couldn't do it the way Sergeant Phipps wanted. I told him, yes, we can, and we will, because if he pays the price to collect on this insurance, it's going to go the way he wants. Sergeant Phipps had re-enlisted in the Guard because he wanted to provide a better life for his family. I hope the documents I prepared for him did that. The documents were prepared the way Sergeant Phipps wanted. That episode has haunted me for two decades. I wonder how many soldiers did the paperwork the way some 19-year-old clerk who just wanted to get the job done, rather than the way the soldier wanted, have had their wishes disregarded and their families shortchanged as a result. I remember as a 19-year-old enlistee during Vietnam, simply filling out the forms the way the clerk told me to without the benefit of legal advice. As my three warfighter pilot law partner mentor used to say, beware the corporal clerk. He's the one who does the paperwork that can send you to Greenland. Reflections from the River. You can email me at bill at billenyard.com. B-I-L-L at B-I-L-L-E-N-Y-A-R-T dot com. <laughs>